Can you name a single one of the Minor Prophets? Have you ever read one of their twelve books in the Bible? Do you know why they are called Minor Prophets? Did you know that they contain many end-time prophecies? Did you know that they are full of messages that are relevant to Christian living today? Stay tuned for an interview with my Associate Evangelist Nathan Jones concerning his masterful book about the Minor Prophets. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Those of you who are regular viewers or acquainted with my colleague here, Nathan Jones, who serves as the co-host of this program, but for those of you who may not be familiar with him, let me just explain that he is an associate evangelist of this ministry, and he also serves as our web minister. In that capacity, he is on the internet daily, keeping our website up to date and relevant to national and international events. He also answers Bible prophecy questions and interacts with critics of Christianity. In 2016, Nathan and a ministry colleague of his published a book about the minor prophets that has already gone into additional printings and is being used by numerous Bible study groups. It is without a doubt the finest book I have ever read about the minor prophets. It is down to earth, easy to understand, and it makes the messages of these prophets relevant to our lives here and now. Nathan, tell us about your co-author and why you all wrote this book. Well, first, thank you for all the kind words about the book that someone who's written so many books like you <laughs> like the book is just an honor. Well, I'm just delighted to have you in the hot seat today. It's good to be in this the hot seat. This is the hot seat. seat it you is, know. yeah. <laughs> well, tell us about your co-host. Well, uh, my uh, co-writer for the book is Steve Howell. He's a pastor of a church near Kansas, and uh, or Kansas City, actually. Where did you get acquainted with him? Well, we've known each other for since 2001. Okay. We've served at the same church together, Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, or Louisville, yeah. Kentucky. And he moved on to Kansas at the same time I came yeah. here about a decade ago to join the ministry, and we've kept in touch, and we continue to do ministry together. Well, how did you get to the idea of writing this book? Well, I like to say it was some kind of uh, epiphany from God or something. <laughs> Maybe it was, but I'm on the second floor here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, and upstairs there's this tiny little door. It's only about three feet high. And I, since it goes into the attic. <laughs> right. Since you moved me up there to that, I'd walk by it every day, and somebody, I guess before my time, put a little sign at the top that said, Minor Prophets. <laughs> And I walk by that every day. I'm like, minor prophets. My, I'm like, well, so what's in that door? Right, it's the attic. You look in and, and it's dusty and gr grimy, a little mold and all. And it got me thinking. It, it got me thinking that most people think of the minor prophets in the same way. They're an unused section, an attic in the Bible. Uh, uh, the people have strange names. and It's just an untouched, unused, dusty, and has no purpose to people's lives. And I thought, that's not true. The Minor Prophets, even though they're only 7% of the 39 books of the Old Testament, very slim yeah. uh, section of the Bible, yet they're filled with the wisdom and knowledge of God. And that's relevant. That's important. Well, well that's a, a good point because I have found over the years that most Christians consider the Minor Prophets to be totally unimportant. Otherwise, right. why would they be called the Minor Prophets? 
Right, and that the name hurts them right there because yeah, you've got does. the major prophets mm. like Daniel and Ezekiel and Isaiah, and they wrote chapter after chapter after chapter. But the minor prophets were very short. You know, some of them, like Obadiah, is, is barely a chapter. Most of them were, were letters. Jonah was a long. Zechariah obviously was was the longest, and they just because they're shorter doesn't mean that they're lesser. Yes. Well, you know, when I, uh, when I was growing up, I was born into a Christian family and I went to church every time the door was open. I mean, I was there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, vacation, Bible school, special meetings. I never heard one time in 30 years yeah. any message on the minor prophets. Why do you think they're so ignored by, in the preaching of people and teaching? Well, I think the, the first is their location. They okay. are located at the end of the Old Testament. And you know, to go through the Old Testament is a challenge. Uh, you know, you and I have read through the Bible numerous times, but a lot of people that get bogged down in like Numbers or Deuteronomy and all. Leviticus uh, usually stops. Le them. Oh, Leviticus, <laughs> yes. Although there's some good, good sections of story. And that's another thing that's lacking. Because, you know, by the time they get to the end of the Old Testament, they've given up and they haven't. But story. When you read Daniel being taken into exile yes. and, and yes. interpreting dreams and throwing a lion's den, he had a story. But some of the minor prophets have a story like Jonah. Yeah. Every kid knows about Jonah. Hosea also. Hosea also has a great story, but a lot of them do not. Zechariah has a story, but who, who knows Obadiah? Yeah. Yeah. Another reason too is I think their names, because there's 12 of them. And, and honestly, <laughs> folks, if you can name all 12 with me, let's do it. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Now, if you can say that, that's that's pretty impressive. It took me a long time to learn that. But, you know, Habakkuk. You mean Hag the book of Hezekiah is not in there? Yeah, Hezekiah. No, I've fallen for that one. So, they have really weird names that sometimes are a deterrent for people. The third reason, I think, too, that people uh, strive or, or go away from the minor prophets is that it comes at a time period in Israel's history when Israel had betrayed God time and again. This is about 800 to 400 BC. Okay. And Israel was constantly in rebellion against God. And God was constantly like a wayward wife calling them mm -hmm. back to Him. So when you read through these, except for say Zechariah for instance, God's mad. He's, he's hurt, He's angry, He's feeling betrayed. And He expresses that very deeply throughout these books. And a lot of times people don't want a God who seems angry. Yeah. They want a God of love. They want a New Testament well, God. Well I was going to ask you when these fellows were active. So you're saying it's about 700 to 400 years before Christ. Right, right. They would fall in the time period when Israel and Judah yeah. had split. They're on the down yeah. decline. Uh, Assyria, Babylon, and the Medo-Persian empires had are beginning to conquer and conquered them. And then the later minor prophets deal with the exile, the return from the exile. I was going to say, they, they fall into uh, some categories here because some of them are before the exile to Babylon and some during, and uh, I guess, and well, some after. Right, right. When they returned. Like Haggai and Zechariah yeah. are all in the rebuilding yeah. project, yeah. and Malachi is the last one. What, what about their backgrounds? Were all of these guys, say, priests? A lot of people think that, that, yeah. that they're priests. You know, Malachi was a priest, but you know, the neat thing about the minor prophets is that they're everyday men. The, <laughs> the term Nabi, which is Hebrew for prophet, uh, means a messenger from God. It doesn't mean necessarily that they predict the future, it just means that God had a message for them. And a lot of times prophecy was built we, into that message. So there was construction workers, there were fig prickers, <laughs> uh, there were musicians, they were young, some of them were like uh -oh, Haggai were yeah, old. Yeah. Uh, there was a variety of ages. They are really a great uh, representation of every person. Yeah, you know, I, I always, when you said they were common people, uh, I always think of Amos. 
who's described as a fig picker from Tekoa. <laughs> I love it. I've seen Tekoa on one of our Israel tours. Probably the, the, the only one that was uh, nobleman was likely Zephaniah. Uh, yes. And then what about, uh, uh, what about the styles that they did? They all just write prose or what? Well, that's another thing about the prophet. People love First and Second Kings and First and Chronicles. Yeah. It's filled with stories. There are stories in the minor prophets, but what the prophets it is, is there's three types of prophets. And I love you teach this all the time. Is that there are the prophets who are the uh, verbal prophets. They're like Elijah who it's didn't cool, write anything, yeah. or Nathan. Nathan, when he talked to yes. King David, they didn't write anything, That's but we know him through other people's writings. Then there's the acting prophets. Yes. Now, the acting prophets are great because God would say, do something, and they would do it. Like, <laughs> like Micah had to run around naked, or, or Hosea had to name two of his children really funny names. And, and they had to do these things to, to give the prophecy. And the third one is the writing prophets. And thank you the Lord for the writing prophets, because <laughs> if we didn't have them, we wouldn't have the minor prophets or any of the other writings. And, but even so, you know, <clears throat> even with the writing prophets, there was a diversity because some of them would write prose, some of them write poetry, uh, some of them wrote autobiographies like Jonah. Second uh, Peter one twenty one says, "For prophecy never came by the will of man, yeah. but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit." So. Another reason to read the Minor Prophets is the Holy Spirit was speaking through these men. But like all the authors, the 43 authors in the Bible, they all spoke based on their own personality. So, for instance, Micah, you know, Micah was a real fire firebrand, you know, and he, he wrote like a firebrand. You had others who were more reserved like Zephaniah and, and they reflect their personalities. And by reading their text, you can kind of pick up on their personalities. Which do you consider to be the strangest of these 12? The strangest <laughs> of the twelve. Well, oh, that's that's. I would say Micah. Uh, Micah, we've per portrayed. He was God's lawyer. God has was going to judge Judah. He was going to judge King Ahaz. Ahaz was a horrendously wicked king. He was the father of Hezekiah. He was stealing the land from his own people. He closed down the temple. He was giving money to buy off his enemies. And Micah came in naked calling like an ostrich, whatever sound an ostrich makes, I, I have no idea. And he accused the king and he accused the people of, of these horrendous crimes against God and the people. And so uh, the weirdest, I guess you could yeah. say, and that's another thing I think that's a turnoff for people too when it comes to minor prophets, is that some of these guys are pretty weird. Well, you know, one that I consider to be very, very clever was Amos. Yes. Amos, first of all, he, he's, he's from Judah. He goes up to Israel, to the northern nation, and so he's a foreigner in a, in a sense. And he begins to preach, and the people just love it because he goes against all of their enemies, one by one by mm -hmm. one. And people, I can just see him saying, yeah. Amen, Amen, Amen. Down. And yeah. he goes through all the enemies, and all of a sudden, and now I want to talk about your nation. <laughs> and boy, does he let them have it. <laughs> oh, the, the priests there at Shiloh, uh, they were ready to drag him out of town. And uh, yeah, but you know, Amos is a wonderful of the probably one of the the best preacher of the minor prophets yeah. because he when I think of you, Dave, because you are a modern day prophet, even if you don't like to be called that. In his time, he shot words like bullets, Ooh. and you shoot words like bullets. Always called him the Harry Truman of the Old Testament because he shot words like bullets. Yeah, and he didn't <laughs> hold anything back. He said, "This is what your sin is, and you, you know this is the punishment." And they dragged him out of town. And he was terribly persecuted. Well, which one of these would you say was the most challenging to interpret? Who? Well, I, that's. 
that's not really it was a, a difficulty that both Steve and I faced. Uh, the the Bible's pretty clear. It it has prophecies in it. Some of the prophecies in Zechariah, like four horses going that's in different directions. That's the one directions. I think of because he has these visions, and some of them are kind of weird. Yeah, there are some visions that don't make sense. There's a guy who comes and he measures the temple, and you're like, what? And, and there's of course there's wonderful commentaries, and there's so much oh, writings yes. on this that helped. But it was. Taking it from the mystery and trying to understand that and making it so it's easy for people to read, that was really the more challenge. Yeah, the first, about the first half of his book is very challenging. And get to the last half and you know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty clear. It's the Millennial Kingdom. Well, which one was your favorite? Oh, that's like asking me which of my children are my favorite. That's, that's hard. Steve took six of the chapters and I took six of the other minor prophets. Um, you know, I. Hosea, you know, he just, he had to marry a prostitute as an example for God. That was heartbreaking. And he had mm -hmm. to deal with faith when your heart is broken. He, did, he really just lives out the gospel. He, yeah, he was a living example of how God was dealing with Israel. Joel had to deal with devastating loss mm -hmm. as a locust plague came down. I, you know, honestly, I don't think there was one that I, I disliked uh, or I had a problem with. But Zechariah is different because the people repented in Zechariah's time. They didn't repent yeah. with any of the other yeah. prophets. So I think Zechariah was the best, my favorite. One, because he brought hope. And two, it really is the revelation of the Old Testament. Well, very quickly tell us uh, what kind of reaction have you received so far to this book? People love it. Uh, Manhattan Bible College, which uh, Steve was a graduate of, has picked it up for their Prophets and Poets class. I know there's some Bible, Bible study studies. groups using it. People send pictures of them. Hey folks, if you're going to use this as a Bible study book, then please take a picture and send it me at webminister at landlion.com. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see you guys using this book in your Bible study. We might even put it in our magazine. We did it. We've it. done it before, yes. <laughs> All right. Okay, well folks, uh, we're going to uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to ask Nathan why he and his co-author decided to focus on the faith messages of the Minor Prophets instead of their prophecies. I'm also going to ask him to tell us about some of the end time prophecies that are contained in the Minor Prophets. So, stay tuned. Folks, I want to strongly encourage you to get a copy of the new book by Nathan Jones and Steve Howe called 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. I have loved the Minor Prophets ever since I discovered them many years ago, and I have read many, many books about them, but this book is the most exceptional one I have ever read. There is a chapter about the faith message of each prophet, and every chapter begins with an absolutely fascinating fictional account about the prophet's life that helps you to understand in depth where he was coming from when he wrote his particular book. The book can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen or place your order through our website at lamblion.com. If you call, please do so Monday through Friday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time. This book is written in an easy to understand, down to earth style that makes it enjoyable to read. It was not written for theologians, it was written for you and for me. The books of the Minor Prophets may have been written over 2,500 years ago, but each one of them contains a faith message that is relevant to your Christian walk today. Again, the book can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen or place your order through our website at lamblion.com. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and my interview with Nathan Jones about his great book concerning the Minor Prophets. Nathan, uh, the book has 
12 at the top and it says, 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. Now, I want to know something. Why did you decide to focus on their faith journeys as opposed to their prophecies? Well, when you read the history of Israel, say in 1st and 2nd Kings and 1st and 2nd Chronicles, you get the, the what's, uh, what's happening. You know, this king did this and this king yes. did that. But when you read the minor prophets, you get the same time period, but you get the whys. Why did God do this? Why did God do that? And it boils down to faith. The fact that Israel was losing their faith in God and God wanted Israel to reconcile with Him. And so in the end it really became about faith, a restoration time period. Uh, Hebrews 11.1 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. And we realize that as, as we went through the minor prophets that in each of them they were, each of the prophets was dealing with a faith issue that mm -hmm. Israel was lacking. And then God would do some kind of judgment that would help bring them back. So the whole theme of the Minor Prophets was restoration. Well, give us an example of a faith issue somebody was dealing with. Sure. sure. Well, like Israel, Hosea married a prostitute named yeah. Gomer. And Israel was an unfaithful wife. And Hosea had to deal with marrying an unfaithful wife. She was constantly running off on him. She had a terrible name. And uh, she <laughs> eventually was sold into slavery. And Hosea bought her back out of slavery. And he was a living And she didn't steward, deserve that. And she didn't deserve it whatsoever. Yeah. She wasn't repentant yet until she was forgiven. And God used Hosea to be an example of how you have faith when your heart is shattered. Because God's heart was shattered. And that's the wonder of the minor prophets. We get a bay-size open window view into the heart of God that you don't quite get in the historical books. Joel, he had to deal with, again, the people had gotten apathetic in their relationship with God. So God sent a locust plague. It ate everything in an agrarian society. You know, that's an Armageddon type yeah. event. And Joel had to grapple with the fact that God had sent the punishment on them for the purpose of restoring them. And fortunately, the people did repent for a little while. Uh, different other prophets had to deal with some other faith issues. Uh, for one, like Habakkuk, he had, he had to deal with, with different favorite. issues, like he didn't understand God. And God says, that's okay. You don't have to understand, just trust me. You had Jonah, which is the most famous. Jonah, what have you do when you have faith, but you just don't feel like acting on your faith. He ran away from God's command and God, you know, gobbled him up by a fish, brought him back to Nineveh. <laughs> and the great thing of the story is that, that the people repented, but Jonah didn't like that. Well, what about the mm -hmm. only Italian prophet, Malachi? Malachi. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, he, he, here was a situation where God graciously brought the people back out of captivity, reestablished them, and they completely, they, they laid the foundation of the temple and lost interest and started building their houses. And Malachi begins to speak very strongly to them, again, about faith. Right, right. Haggai and Zechariah had to deal with that when the people got back, but later the people got apathetic. Uh, Malachi's standing at the temple, he works at the temple, and he's watching the people bring in the lamest, saddest looking sick creatures. They, some of the people even stole the sacrifices. And, and Malachi's like, hey, you know, this isn't worshiping God. This, yeah. this isn't showing your faith in Him. And the people were like, eh, whatever. It was such a turnoff to God that God did not speak to the Israelites for 400 years, years after Malachi. Well, now, one of the most unique aspects of your book, in fact, I would say it is the most unique aspect, is the way you introduce each of these prophets. I have read probably every book ever written on the Minor Prophets. I've tried to. And I, this was a thing that grabbed me immediately when I started reading this. Mm. I've never seen anything like this. Tell us about 
how you introduce these prophets. Well, certainly, certainly. I, I think the greatest thing that was said about the prophets in Hebrews 11.36 is, as, as the author of Hebrews is writing about the prophets, says, still others had trials of mockings and scourging, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, were slain yeah. with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. Now, what that means is that the prophets, both major and minor, had major stories in their lives. They suffered for their faith, and they grew in their faith through those sufferings. But like we said earlier, the minor prophets don't always come with a story. Hosea came with a story. Jonah came with a story. But Habakkuk, uh, Zephaniah, you know, not quite so much. So what Steve and I did is we did like two or three pages to introduce each chapter based on what we learned from it. There's hints about their personalities and what they did. So we wrote historical fiction stories to introduce people to the minor prophets, to give them some kind of grounding in who they were, the time period and all, before they got into the facts. So we started with story, we got into historical facts, and then we ended with application. We wanted application for Israel, which was clearly who the audience mm -hmm. was in those stories, for the church, for the different nations, and for ourselves, mm -hmm. because what can we learn to better our faith? Well, I tell you, uh, the, these stories that you put together, which, as you said, they're historical fiction, but they're really based on the era in which they were living and Absolutely. quite likely things that they experienced. And right. it really brought these guys alive and uh, gave, a, gave you a really good feel for them before you got into actually what they wrote. Praise the Lord. That actually is one of the funnest parts about doing it. I mean, obviously it was the, there's so many different parts about writing, but I didn't see why you write so many books. It's a lot of fun. But being able to take these characters and make them alive, yeah. uh, I hear that a lot where people say, hey, without those stories, I wouldn't know who these right. people are. Well, very creative, mm. very imaginative, oh, and, uh, and also not off the wall. I mean, it really, as I read them, I thought, well, this really could have happened to these guys, and this is probably what did happen to them. Oh, uh, I mean, obviously the author of, uh, of uh, Hebrews, being the Holy Spirit, yeah. knew what happened to these prophets. They weren't well received. Other than Zechariah, they were not well received <laughs> at all. Prophets never are well no, received. No, and they were persecuted terribly for it. And there's something to be learned about yeah. that. And so we wanted people to really resonate with the minor prophets. And, and there's different learning styles. There's people who love stories. There's yes. people who love historical facts. There's people who love application. And we found as we started putting this book out, people, some would resonate with the stories and be like, eh, I don't want to go through the history. <laughs> some were like, they only want the history. They didn't want the stories. And some, hey, give me practical Christian living application for Well, today. you certainly do that in each of the chapters. We, we try to be a, a one-stop shop for all okay. the different type of learning styles. Now, I'm particularly interested in end-time prophecies. Yes. Tell us about end-time prophecies in the Minor Prophets. That's a, a, a really discredit to the Minor Prophets. You get a lot of pastors and seminaries today are like, that is Old Testament. That was fulfilled in history and all. Yes, certainly some of the prophecies that the prophets gave were dealt with their time period. Assyria did come and take Israel away. Babylon did come and take Judah away. There was an exile as Moses prophesied. So those prophecies came true. There are Old Testament fulfilled prophecies, but there's many New Testament fulfilled prophecies, both with the first coming of Jesus and the second coming. Why Habakkuk, who was like, Lord, I don't understand this prophecy. He's like, that's okay, you don't have to, because there's a lot of time as Christians, we don't understand what God's doing in our That's lives. Right. Habakkuk went through the same thing. And God was like, you don't have to know, but let me tell you what's going to come. And he started talking about the Millennial Kingdom. He did the same thing with Micah. Hey, you know, this country's going. 
But hey, the Millennial Kingdom. Again and again the Lord pointed people to the Millennial in fact, Kingdom. Micah has one of the greatest passages in the Old Testament about the Millennial Kingdom. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, there are so many passages. And what's neat is that Jesus and the Apostles quoted the Minor Prophets quite frequently. Matter of fact there are 250 quotes in the New Testament that are based on Old Testament Prophets. Yeah. I love the one uh, like Jonah, the sign of Jonah. Uh, Matthew 12, 39 through 40, Jesus referenced the sign of Jonah. Well, if you hadn't read Jonah, you didn't know what it meant is that Jonah was in the whale or the yeah. fish for three days as dead, so the Messiah would be the sign of Jonah. He would be in the grave three days as if dead yeah. and then come back to life. Uh, there was prophecies of the first coming about Jesus' origins. Like for instance Hosea 11.1 1 talked about how Jesus would come out of Egypt. Well why would the Messiah come out of <laughs> Egypt? Matthew 2.15 tells us. We know uh, uh, that He was spoken by the prophet Joel. Jesus Himself, uh, excuse me, uh, the Luke in Acts 2.16 talked about Joel. So the minor prophets weren't separated. Probably one of the best known prophecies about the first coming of Jesus comes out of the Minor Prophets, Micah. Uh, yes, I thought you were going to bring that up. Micah 5.2 found in Matthew 2.6 yeah. is the prophecy that Jesus Christ would come from Bethlehem Ephrathah. Yeah. Not, not the Bethlehem up north in Zebulun, but the Bethlehem south of Jerusalem. And that was a prophecy. This is hundreds of years before He's born. Oh, It also, yes. that if you keep reading that prophecy it talks about He will be one who is eternal in nature. So mm -hmm. he's talking about God in the flesh here. Oh, absolutely. Malachi, but you know, my favorite when it comes to end time prophecies is Zechariah. Yes. <laughs> I know you do because Zechariah 12 and 14 are prophecies specific to yeah, Jerusalem but, in the last days, yeah. which are? Well, uh, I have a special place in my heart for Zechariah because yeah. that's what turned it all around for me when it came to Bible prophecy because I grew up in an amillennial church and that church taught that. I heard this sermon over and over, you know, that Jesus is never going to put his feet on the earth again. Never. He, we're just going to, he's just going to appear. We're going to go up and meet him, go to heaven, live in an ethereal world. He will never reign on this earth. He's reigning now spiritually, and that's yeah. it. And then one day, I, I was 12 years old at the time. I'm just flipping through the Bible. We never studied the Old Testament. I found Zechariah 14. And it said that Jerusalem is going to be surrounded by enemies in the end time. And just as it's about to fall, the Lord comes back to the Mount of Olives, puts His foot, and the Mount splits. And I couldn't believe my eyes. And then in verse 9 it says, On that day He will reign as King over all the earth. Yes. I thought, wow, I thought the only place it mentioned Jesus reigning was over in Revelation 20. And here it was in Zechariah 14. And I took that to my preacher and I said, Sir, you know, what about this? And he just read it and read it. Finally he looked at me and said, I don't know what it means some, but I'll guarantee you one thing, it doesn't mean what it says. Oh, but then one day I read the whole book of Zechariah and I discovered something. You don't have to be a space scientist to be able to discover this. Zechariah has a lot of first coming prophecies in it and every one of them meant what they said. Absolutely. And I decided if they meant what they said, the second coming prophecies mean what they say. So that just turned the whole thing around for me. Excellent. The From minor, the minor prophets, prophets change your life. Yeah. They change your life. We wouldn't be here today if, if you hadn't read <laughs> really, Zechariah. I, I, just, I just love the minor prophets. I, one of the things I love about them so much is that I discovered what, I didn't discover them until I was about 35 years old. And I just couldn't put them down because to me, they're, they're like, they're, they're just as fresh as if they were written yesterday. And that's because 
we haven't changed in 4,000, no. 3,000, 2,000 years. We, mankind's still the same, dealing with the same sin problems and everything, and they're dealing with them in faith and everything else, and they're just so relevant. They are. Habakkuk 2.4 is my favorite verse in all of it. The just shall live by faith. That's the answer to all the problems we face when we have faith challenges. And how many times is that quote in the New Testament? The just <laughs> shall live by faith. Trust God, have faith. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I just want to compliment you and Steve Howell on the tremendous job you did in producing this book. I never forget reading the manuscript before it went to the printer, and I was so excited about it. And uh, I just think you did a fantastic job. I hope people will get a copy and uh, begin to study the Minor Prophets, because it will greatly enrich your life. It, really it will. will. Every it, part of the Bible. It, it really will. So, uh, folks, uh, that's our program for this week. And I hope it has been a blessing to you, and I hope you'll get a copy of Nathan's book, because I know it will bless you mightily. And I hope, too, the Lord willing, that you'll be back with us again next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries, saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.